You're listening to the Marnie on the Move podcast live from the UFOS Recovery Lounge pop-up at Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah. It teaches you grit. It teaches you perseverance. It teaches you how to overcome and push through things when there are challenges. I've always hired athletes. I, I think it's, re- again, adult onset athletes or people who've been athletes their entire life because you've had to learn how to fight through things, how to not quit in the middle of it. The, the biggest, to me, the biggest indicator of success are people who don't quit. And I think that when you look at endurance athletes, that mindset, that thing you can turn off when, when everyone else wants to quit and you say, not today, and you push through that extra minute and you get to that next level where you're feeling great that's what that happens in business it happens when you're struggling with your kids it happens in every part of life and i think triathlon sport in general teaches us those lessons and it gives us those like oh i remember doing that on that you know when i was actually feeling like i had to give up in the middle of like towards the end of a swim and i and you just push through it and when you push through it you know you then it gives you the confidence for the next thing you overcome and so i just something that i uh, uh, many of the reasons why i love the sport is yes it teaches you the lessons about life but it also it, it, it tells you where your limitations are, which are really not limitations. They're just in your mind for the most part. And, and you can keep fighting through it. And I, that's what I see when people talk about business success. It's, it's Yeah, you have to be somewhat intelligent. You have to work hard and do all those things that, that everyone taught us our whole lives. But the, to me, the number one thing that makes somebody successful is perseverance and grit and pushing through when nobody else wants to. And when you believe in something, keep going. That was Rocky Harris. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Guess what? It's National Triathlon Week. I'm sure you've been feeling this way for the past month if you've been listening to this podcast. On the regular, today on the podcast, I sync up with Rocky Harris, CEO of USA Triathlon. Back in St. George, Utah, the week of Ironman World Championships at our studio in the UFOS Recovery Lounge. During our conversation, Rocky offers listeners insight into USA Triathlon and several of the initiatives and programs he is spearheading within the organization. Rocky shares where his journey into sports and triathlon began, and he shares the current races he has lined up this year. USA Triathlon is the national governing body for triathlon, as well as duathlon, quathlon, aquabike, winter triathlon, off-road triathlon, and para-triathlon in the United States. Founded in 1982, USA Triathlon sanctions more than 4,300 events and connects with more than 400,000 members each year, making it the largest multi-sport organization in the world. In addition to the organization's work at the grassroots level with athletes, coaches, and race directors, as well as the USA Triathlon Foundation, USA Triathlon provides leadership and support to elite athletes competing at international events, including World Triathlon World Championships, 
Pan American Games, and the Olympic and Paralympic Games, USA Triathlon is a member of World Triathlon and the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, also known as USOPC. Rocky Harris came on board at USA Triathlon as CEO in 2017, and in the past six years, he has spearheaded, overseen, and pioneered many groundbreaking initiatives. Starting with USA Triathlon's safe return to multi-sport initiative in response to the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 to help race directors, coaches, clubs, and athletes safely return to racing and training. And triathlon was one of the first sports to come back post-pandemic. He also oversaw the development and launch of the Power Within campaign to reposition the sport from one that is perceived as elitist and impossible to a sport that's inclusive and accessible, and the Together We Thrive initiative to combat racism and champion social justice in the multi-sport community and throughout the endurance sports industry. Rocky has led collaborative partnerships with Ironman through the Time to Try initiative to introduce 100,000 new participants to the sport. He also has led partnerships with Triathlon Business International to launch Endurance Exchange, an industry-wide conference for endurance sports that quickly became the largest multi-sport conference in the United States. With Rocky at the helm, the U.S. has seen unprecedented success in international competition. Rocky Harris has revamped USA Triathlon's high-performance team and its programs. Just a few fun facts. The U.S. led all countries with seven combined Olympic and Paralympic triathlon medals at the 2020 Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games and won the Paralympic triathlon medal count with five. In world triathlon competition, the U.S. in 2021 became the first country to finish a WTCS with five women and three men in the top 12 of their respective overall rankings and led all countries with 12 total medals across the two 2021 World Triathlon Paris Series events. Four U.S. elite athletes have earned World Triathlon Championship Series or World Triathlon Paris Series titles like Katie Zafaris in 2019, Alyssa Seeley and Mark Barr in 2018, and Grace Norman in 2017. Wrapping up the facts, if you want to learn more about Rocky Harris, about USAT, there are so many more amazing initiatives and programs that have been launched and things that have happened during Rocky's home. I highly encourage you to head over to their website, usatriathlon.com. Now, on to my conversation with Rocky Harris. Rocky, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me here. And this isn't just like a little pop-up. It's a, a proper studio. So hopefully you're seeing this on video or photos. This is about as good of a studio as I've seen popped up at any endurance event before. So thank uh, you. I will say that. Thank you. I owe it all to UFOS for putting it together and their amazing team. And I couldn't be more grateful because this is really an awesome studio. It sure is. Yeah. So for, for my listeners who who maybe aren't dialed in and not at the race today to the world of triathlon. Talk to me a little bit about some of these 
programs and initiatives that people need to know about. Absolutely. So, you know, our, our vision and mission is to grow the sport. And we do that by helping our constituents. It's like the people in the sport, race directors, coaches, clubs, athletes thrive and get better. So we're really uh, the altruistic part of the sport where it's like, we have big goals and that we're aspirational, but we also really believe in uh, growing the sport from the grassroots up. And so we, it is a little bit complicated running a governing body because we're, you know, a membership organization, but we also have a foundation that does a lot of good for the community. And then we also are working on the highest level of elite athletes, right. not only Ironman elite athletes, but our biggest focus is on getting people to the Olympic and Paralympic games. Right. And so there's a, there are a lot a bit, lots of pathways to get there, but some of the things we're most proud of over the last few years is, you know, during the pandemic, we focused on getting athletes back to racing and a return to racing safely. So we spent most of the uh, 2020 uh, with a return to racing initiative to bring sport back. And if you know about multi-sport or triathlon, we are actually the first events in most cities. And the way that we positioned it with city managers and other leaders is that, you know, it's outdoors, you have time trial, there's natural physical distancing. Um, It's the right sport to bring back first. And so it allowed our race directors, which is a big part of our community, to get back to business faster than most sports. And then we pivoted to really focusing on people racing local because it was about not traveling and kind of keeping communities safe. And we've really kept with that as like racing local is a critical thing for you to do. So go sign up for that local sprint triathlon and race. Um, But, you know, some of the things I'm really proud of that we've done over the years, one in particular is our diversity, equity, inclusion efforts. If you know about triathlon historically, we're very equitable when it comes to men and women overall. And it's been that way from the beginning of our sport. But when it comes to people of color, other people that have been really outside of our sport and not welcomed in in many ways, we spent a lot of time really over the last four or five years focused on that. We we started with uh, really putting a lot of effort into historically black colleges and universities to try to make our, our to help create an NCAA programming. And we have two NCAA yeah. um, schools now that are historically black colleges and universities. We're really proud of that. Where are they? Um, they're Hampton University. Yeah. And then w- and, and with Hampton, I think is the reason why that was such an iconic, important one for us was it was the first one. Yeah. And it really allowed us to kind of put a stake in the ground and say, we're not just going to do a college program, but we're going to build a community around that. Yeah. And when you look at, um, at our sport is actually a very welcoming sport. Yeah. People, when, when you come to a tri- the, our community, we want everyone to be triathletes. We want to tell everybody that we're triathletes. Yeah, we're always trying to convert people. We are. It's like, it's like, and so that's yeah. not the problem. It's the fact that you know, when you don't have representation and you don't see yourself in that sport, it's really hard to feel like you're at home no matter how welcoming the people are. Right. Like if there's no role models or athletes out there that people can look at and say, oh, that's a sport I can do. It does. And, and that's what we're seeing now is that we're amplifying those voices in our sport mm-hmm. and we're putting them front and center so everyone can see themselves in our sport. And we're really seeing it at, at an impact. Over the last year, we've seen about 130% increase in people of color becoming members of our sport in just one year. So we're starting to see it starting to take off. But we're, as an organization, we're really proud of that. I think that for us, we really look at the areas that we want to grow, our youth triathlon, and that's yeah. really the future of our sport. So we spend a lot of time on trying to bring youth into sport, grow the sport. And it's the, the part of our sport that was most impacted by the pandemic in a negative way. While adult racing's come back, it's as big as ever. Right. Youth racing is not. And youth at, and youth clubs and everything is, is down. And I would say that we are able to bring youth clubs back in a big way, youth racing and youth clinics back, because 
what we did is we essentially eliminated all costs. We said that we're not going to make people um, pay for sanctioning of, of uh, races. Right. We're not going to make them pay for certification of youth clubs. We're going to waive uh, youth memberships for underrepresented groups. And we've really seen that's helped, but we're not there yet. And Have I you think gotten a lot of the groups back that you had before? Adult-wise, but not youth. Not youth. Uh, yeah, and so that's yeah. something that we're really continuing to work on and we think is important. For us, we're actually a leader in paratriathlon and adaptive athletes. We think it's critically important to creating, you know, the basically representing what we want to yeah. have every sport to be. And we're in the Olympic and Paralympic movement. We are USA triathlon is seen as the leader in the space, not only in our country around the world. And I'm I take a lot of pride in that because we don't actually have to do a paratriathlon program. The U S United States Olympic and Paralympic committee actually runs on many of the Paralympic sports, right? We decided to take it on and run it. And we're seeing great results. I mean, at the last Olympic and Paralympic games, we're the country that won the most medals in the Olympics and Paralympic. Um, and the reason why was, yes, we got two medals in the Olympics. It was because of our seven medals in the Paralympics that, uh, overall that we got um, as, a, as a collective that really got us there. So we see the, the para uh, adaptive sport in the Paralympics as another way for us to um, really show everyone what triathlon is and how great it is. Um, and then the last piece is about helping people reach their dreams and aspirations, whether right. it's an age group athlete trying to get off the couch and trying to get out there and get fit. Or if it's, you know, a, a young person who really has the aspirations of, of competing at the Olympic Games, Paralympic Games, and then at the Ironman World Championships, um, that's what we do every day. So I'm really fortunate that I get to do a job that impacts people, that impacts our community and makes people healthier. And then you also have like this amazing magazine that I get and you have lots of great content online and education and offerings for athletes to kind of dial into the sport. So talk to me about how you're growing how you're growing that. Yeah. So if you're a runner, a swimmer or cyclist, or if you're just somebody who likes to go and work out occasionally, um, the best way to do that is to, to enter through either a club to kind of build your community. Um, you know, find a coach that you can find really, um, you know, fair, fairly priced coaches in our business and they're all certified and online, but they're we, all USAT certified. They are, and that's what I would, yeah. I would really focus on that. And that's really important. And, and the reason why is, you know, we do background checks, we have safe sports certification. We make sure these people, um, that you're going into the right, right hand, especially if you have children coming into the sport, it's critically important. Um, but we also started a, a digital platform in partnership with Ironman four years ago called my time to try. And I would go to my time to try.com to check it out. There's a free training plan there. There's tips and advice and resources. And it's something we were just meeting with Andrew Messick, the CEO and, and his team about how to amplify and grow that and make it even better. All right. I am just dropping in here to give a shout out to our partners, athletic greens and AG one. I started using AG one daily back in March, 2022. I wanted to boost my immunity, improve my gut health, and optimize my endurance sports performance. I was looking for an all-in-one nutritional supplement that was easy to add to my wellness routine, also easy to take with me on the move. AG1 is game-changing. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food superfoods, and adaptogens. And it's super simple to use. Just add one scoop to a cup of water. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. 
It's the one thing you can do every day to take great care of yourself. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it tastes great. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Marnie on the move. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Marnie on the move to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. If you're an athlete and you're interested in, in building a coaching, you know, starting to coach or coaching yourself, I actually did that. You know, you have your own certification program that has multiple levels and it's, it's the, like top of the top of the world of triathlon coaching certifications. So talk to me about that because I think a lot of people during the pandemic have rethought their careers and have also rethought how they're training and maybe want to become coaches themselves. So how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. And in, in the, the pandemic, the one area of our organization that grew was, was coaching. And just, just like you said, Marty, it was like for that reason, right? They wanted a different purpose. They wanted to change something. So it's actually uh, fairly simple to get in. Um, it, it's more challenging to move up through the system. But you can yes. come in and take a foundations course. And I think it's like 100 or $199 just to get you started. But we're seeing a lot of athletes... Uh, taken that to try to become better triathletes. I know when I coached myself, it felt like a part-time job for me. And so I ended up hiring a coach a handful of years ago. And for me as somebody who care, you know, I have three daughters, I am pretty busy with work. I work out quite a bit as like putting my Excel spreadsheet together. Cause I'm old school yeah. to like put my, tra- it, it took up so much time and energy that hiring a coach actually allowed me just to focus on doing the workouts and doing them. The, and I, I found that when I, when you're, you know, have somebody that's holding you accountable, um, it yeah. does make you do that extra little push at the end of the run that you don't want to do. I have to say that that is a lesson that I learned the hard way over the pandemic was I did get my Ironman coaching certification and I thought I would coach myself, but I don't really listen to myself. So it's like, you know, I put all the workouts in, I got like a 98 on the test and I could technically be a coach and I'm not, I need a coach. It's a, it's, it's just a different thing, you know? And I think it's interesting though, cause there's like a fine line, right? Because you kind of just want someone to tell you what to do. Yeah. And then, and being a triathlete and having that type A personality, you want to control all the things you do. So it's And I a, felt yeah. more in control actually when I had a coach or when I have a coach, yeah. because it's like, even though it feels like I'm not picking my workouts, like I'm my focus and my controls around the workout and doing that right versus everything else. And I would, I remember in the middle of workouts, like question whether it was the right workout when I was doing them for myself. Yeah. And when it's a coach, I just do it. And I would say that for you beginners out there, like, if you just, you know, swim some laps and you, you know, ride your bike around the neighborhood and you can jog, you can do a triathlon. We have super sprints now that are like 250 yard swims, a 5k bike, 3.1 miles and a little half mile run. So it's really attainable. We have pool triathlons. We have so much that if you want to get into the sport and as you mentioned before, the other multi-sport disciplines, right? If you're not a swimmer, there's duathlon, which is run, bike, run. There's just so much to offer. And I think the, the diversity of the sport in terms of the complexity of it sometimes it takes up it takes over people's minds and it's really simple if you like swimming and you can bike a little bit and run a little bit you can be a triathlete pretty easily 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you're preaching to the choir over here. <laughs> and now, how did you get into this? Because, I mean, are you a triathlete? You know, how did you get into this world of triathlon? Yes, I, I'm, I worked in uh, pro sports and collegiate athletics before joining USA Triathlon, and it, it is a passion for me. That's why. And in my story, I'll be very brief. But I was with my wife in Belize, and I got bit by a bug, an actual bug. And I got an infectious disease and I couldn't work out for over a year, couldn't do anything. And as I recovered from that, I needed a goal. I was a, a cyclist and did, I was always an athlete because my dad was a coach and I was always in athletics. Um, but I had never done a triathlon. And, and I was Googling one day like challenges, really hard work, you know, workouts and triathlon kept popping up. And I said, so I picked a triathlon, a sprint in the Gulf of Mexico, which was not the smartest first triathlon to do swimming yeah. in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, but I, I, when I finished that race after training for just six weeks for it, um, I literally had tears in my eyes as I crossed the finish line. And, and I was so emotional because it really helped me overcome something in my mind. And that's what I see happen every day and the impact that it can have on our, on people in individual people and communities is, you know, it's for people who are overcoming things it's for people who want to get healthier and, and fitter. It's for people who want to optimize their health and really be, and I'm a competitor and it allowed me yeah. to compete again. That first race, I wasn't competing. I was probably the last out of the water and I'm not kidding. And I just kind of strolled. It was about finishing the race was most important to me. But how I got into this job is I was the chief operating officer at Arizona State University and we started women's triathlon, NCAA triathlon there. And I was a big advocate when we got, we got a $32 million donation to start men's hockey. And of course I'm a triathlete. So I said, let's add women's triathlon. And we did. And it was a huge success for us. I think they've won five national championships in a row now. That's amazing. And just, yeah, and we just committed to it. And so the, the board of directors saw that we were doing that and saw what an impact we had. And I ended up becoming a spokesperson for the sport around the country with other colleges. And so when the position came open, I never thought I'd leave my hometown of Tempe, Arizona. It's where I grew up. Oh, I was going to ask you. Yeah. My parents that, okay. like, went to school there. My grandfather worked there. Um, everyone thought I was going to work there the rest of my life. But when I talked to my wife about it, she said, this gives you real purpose. This is what we need to do. And that's when I took the jump. So now you're CEO of USA Triathlon and you went from COO, you said. So how is your career trajectory, like all the titles? and Yeah, you know, titles are a little over-rated, yeah. like, right? I don't think that that is like what I saw. So I worked at two NFL teams, the 49ers and the Texans. And when you work in a, a big, you know, sport like those, it's you're just one little piece of a very, very, very big organization, a big right. ecosystem. And so it was fun, but you don't make as big of an impact. And I was fortunate to go work in Major League Soccer, where it was a growing, emerging sport. And I saw what an impact you can make in a smaller sport where you can be kind of the, the big fish in a small pond. And it allowed me to grow as a person too, because selling the NFL in Texas is not hard. Right. Trying to get a soccer stadium built in Texas and sell soccer in Texas was challenging. So I really love the challenge. And I love the fact that when we had ideas, my team and I could just go out and try it and nobody like we could take big risks and just, and that showed me like what the, like what I wanted. And then when I went to college athletics, uh, it was, to me, it was more about helping 600 kids like find their way through college and right. also like like giving pride to the community and alumni. And so there was like a deeper purpose to right. that. And with USA triathlon, it's, you know, it's 400,000 triathletes around the country. Um, it's all about grassroots and doing good for your community. And, uh, and so 
I saw it as a way to impact our country and, and in a big way and using our sport to improve both the Olympic and Paralympic movement in our country around the world and endurance sport. You know, we, when I look at endurance sport, it's all one big umbrella and we yeah. try to treat it as all these different verticals when it really isn't. And I think triathlon is the best, even though I'm a trail runner and uh, gra- I do everything. You um, gravel I, too? Oh yeah, but I'm not like Vic, Victoria Brumfeld. Man. I know. She's, she's a beast. Well, she's like, yeah, I just she's get out like there. the like a weekend bike warrior racer. On it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm most competitive in trail running and triathlon. Okay. There's sports I love, but I actually think if you like any endurance sports, you're in our family. Yeah. And I think that like, you don't have to just pick one. And there's so much more to this sport and any sport than just the sport. But so many people, I think, don't necessarily grasp that concept unless they're an athlete because it's not about running or cycling or swimming, right? It's about overcoming challenges and getting rid of negative self-talk or you know, doing something you've never done before, getting out of your comfort zone. And it doesn't have to be triathlon. It could be running. It could be gravel. It could be playing soccer. I don't know. All of it. It's all the same. It's like one theme that runs through it. It is. And I think that, you know, as you grow older and away from, you know, when we were younger competing at different sports or whatever we were doing, you find that the only challenges you have are negative. It's like, oh, you know, my boss sucks or like this, I don't like my job or my kids are doing something. And it's not so much for yourself. Like you're not challenging yourself as much. As, and what I found for myself was that triathlon and multi-sport and endurance sport gave me a way to challenge myself in a positive way. Right. That, you know, we have all these negative influences and it was always just me. I was able to like dial it in and get after it and attack it. And those challenges I missed. I missed having challenges that I felt like I don't think I can do that. And then I did it. And so most of them are professional challenges or parenting challenges or relationship challenges. Yeah. It's very rare you get to do things that actually optimize your health. And that's what I think I love or what I love most about our sport. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was just going to say that I was, I was thinking that as you were saying it, it's in our careers, right? Because this is an entrepreneurship, wellness, endurance sports podcast. I'd like to talk about that. One of the places that I started with this was endurance sports can help you achieve goals that maybe you set a goal in your career and you can't get there the way you want to get there. But you have to have those small gains and small wins that can help you feel that sensation. So you can take that sensation to the workplace or to your family. So if you know what it feels like to overcome a challenge physically and mentally on the race course, you can take that experience and say, okay, I can do that. So I can do it here. And I feel like that's, that is, I think, a lot of the reasons that some of the founders and you know, experts that have been on this podcast that I've met in my life all have some kind of like sport, even if it's yoga, it's not a sport, but you know, it is a sport. I think that it's, you have to be an athlete to do it. And and it is because I, 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 and again, it's not like you're competing against other people, but it's, you know, it's, it's health and wellness and and you're being fit. But I think that it teaches you grit. It teaches you perseverance. It teaches you how to overcome and push through things when there are challenges. I've always hired athletes. I I think it's again, adult onset athletes or people who've been athletes their entire life, because you've had to learn how to fight through things, how to not quit in the middle of it. The, the big, to me, the biggest indicator of success are people who don't quit. And I think that when you look at endurance athletes, that mindset, that thing you can turn off when, when everyone else wants to quit and you say not today, and you push through that extra minute and you get to that next level where you're feeling great. That's what that happens in business. It happens when you're struggling with your kids. It happens in every part of life. 
And I think triathlon sport in general teaches us those lessons and it gives us those like, Oh, I remember doing that on that. You know, when I was actually feeling like I had to give up in the middle of like towards the end of a swim and I, and you just push through it. And when you push through it, you know, you then it gives you the confidence for the next thing you overcome. And so I just, something that I, uh, uh, many of the reasons why I love the sport is yes, it teaches you the lessons about life, but it also, it, it, it tells you where your limitations are, which are really not limitations. They're just in your mind for the most part. Right. And you can keep fighting through it. And I, that's what I see when people talk about business success. It's, it's, yeah, you have to be somewhat intelligent. You have to work hard and do all those things that, that everyone taught us our yeah. whole lives. But the, to me, the number one thing that makes somebody successful is perseverance and grit and pushing through when nobody else wants to. Yeah. And when you believe in something, keep going. So is there a lesson from all of your triathloning and running that you get that you bring back to the workplace? Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, it's it's that you may have a plan and because of all these variables that happen during a race, you have to change and adapt to that plan. Right. And what I've seen the last two years uh, outside of perseverance and grit is adaptability of people being able to pivot when they, they face challenges, when things are different and not everything can be the status quo and the same forever. So I've taken that uh, from triathlon in particular is that obviously there's three different disciplines. You have transition, you have all these things, but then you have weather, you're outdoors. There's all these very, you can have a flat, you can have a mechanical. There's so many things that can happen and you have to just figure out a way to get through it and still finish the race and finish it successfully. And the same thing in business. I mean, we have challenges every day that face us and you can't get too overwhelmed by them. You have to just compartmentalize it and push through it and come up with the best solution. And again, that's where I see that, that where you can replicate, you know, over and over again, success is when you're willing to do that. And now what's your next race? Oh, let me think here. Oh, I have, I'm going to do the, uh, sunrise triathlon in Boulder, which is, uh, June 26th. My wife's doing the new Oregon 70.3. Probably going to support her because it's her first 70.3. Oh, wow. Um, and then I, I do a lot of trail racing too. So I'll do the ascent. Have you heard of that one? Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a good little race. I did the marathon last year, which is you climb 7,800 feet and a half marathon and then get a run down that mountain too. Um, so a lot, a lot of those types of races I'll do. And I was signed up for Ironman Arizona at the end of the year, but it's a same week as our world championship in Abu Dhabi. So not going to be able to do that. So are you doing, typically you're doing 70.3 or you're doing full Ironman or you do it all? So I, I loved mid and long distance. And then when I got into this job, I never appreciated short course and I'm obsessed with it now because it's about speed. It's a, it's the same. It's actually just as challenging as long course. It's just different. And I've always been more of a quick twitch person, even though I love endurance sport. So I I can hang with the old dudes in my age group and usually like win a race here or there. Um, when I get to the, the longer it goes, the worse I get. Um, so I love the long distance, but I've just fallen in love. I, you know, I didn't give short course the respect. And I remember my very first elite race I went to, everybody collapsed after doing a sprint. And I was like, what's going on here? Right. But that's they exactly went, what I would say. Yeah. But they went full throttle the entire time. They didn't back down. You're, you're literally, there's not one second you have off in the race where when you do long distance races, you're kind of managing your energy Yeah. It, there. There's no managing energy. It's, it's, it's all it. So I just learned to turn it up and dial that up. Yeah. And now at the end of sprints, I'm exhausted and worn out. I almost collapsed because I put it all on the line. And that's just a different level of our sport that nobody thinks about. More people do sprints than any other 
distance in our country, but not everyone does them and attacks them. And I think attacking them, I, I would encourage any long course athletes. I know you might do a sprint as a warm up for your, your a race, but go in there and attack it yeah. like, and see what that's like. And just look at the, di- feel the difference in how, you, and, and you'll, when you do that, it's just a different level of our sport that most people don't appreciate. When you say that, I think that, you know, going all out, attacking it, putting everything out there. I think that is a really hard place to get to as an age grouper. It is. So and I used to I, go from I, like two and a half minute transitions. Like now if it's 35 seconds, yeah. um, I'm, so just, that's the, what I mean by like the little the, details, the, you just, yeah. you, you, every single thing matters. Yeah. So you have to have closer attention to detail. You actually have to push, 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 and yeah. you push all the way through that pain versus when you do longer course, you're pushing through it, but you're, you're kind of backing down to push through it yeah. and short course you're pushing through it to push through it and it's just a different so i learned to appreciate it but i feel like uh you know professional athletes are pushing the whole race <laughs> well yeah but they're they're ridiculous I know. yeah but they're, I said, they're, like, they're, yeah but i would say that if you look at the short course athletes and you know i'd love to have you out to a race sometimes so oh, you yeah. can see it the elite level short course athletes it's a it, when you're going you know you're you're pushing yourself to that level the entire race while the uh, the race the athletes this Saturday are gonna are gonna do that too you can't maintain it I mean you really can't it's maintain it over an hour. you can't yeah. and but in a in a sprint you can yeah and I think that that's what makes it exciting I mean you see somebody running a fourteen thirty five k after doing a you know a, a sprint like a swim and a bike. You just can't, that's just something that to me is just so fascinating. And I never appreciate it. I didn't even respect it before, quite frankly. And then I saw it live and I saw these elite athletes just collapse at the end. I said, what's wrong with them? <laughs> and then I started, and then I started, uh, it was like, okay, now I really appreciate this. I get it now. Well, it's so funny because someone, one of our friends just said, asked us to, um, my partner and I to do a sprint as a relay. And we both looked at each other and don't, we're like, don't say only a sprint. No, I don't yeah, want to. We did that. <laughs> exactly. No, but I was like, wait, seriously? And then I was like, okay, seriously, I'm going to crush it. I'm like, I'm on the run. I'm going to run as fast as oh, I can. It's a totally different mindset. Yeah. And they're both very hard. Actually, if, yeah. you, if you, if you, if you bring that mindset to a short course, it's just as challenging as a mid or long course race. Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome. I mean, I'm definitely going to do some short course racing and you have to do a lot of training. You know, people think like, oh, it's shorter. So it's, yeah, it's more less. focused like, training and yeah. more, you know, what I'd say like on the bike or run, it's like, every minute counts, even when you're training. And so that, that also is, I'm, I dialed up my training in a different way, even though I train for mid and long course. Right. And when I'm training for the short course for about three weeks out, I'm working on all speed work, which usually long course athletes don't do enough of. Right. So I, you know, I, instead of doing it once a week, going to the track or something like that, I'd work it in more time. And even on the bike, I would do more short spurts and yeah. it makes me a better long course athlete too. So like more like intervals on the bike totally, and totally. like you know, during your sports specific training time. So that's like six weeks before the race, right? Like you get really into the speed work. Yeah. Really focused. And what I found is that I always like to do a sprint early in the season. I do Mm -hmm. a long, usually a trail run, like a 50 K or 50 mile early in the year. Right. And then I go right into short course. So it forces me to work on my speed and then I work on my speed. And then I go back to mid or long course when I work on a little bit more, you know, uh, endurance kind of, you know, making sure that I have that, that it's more maintenance of my body actually at that point. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you said you said you have three daughters. Yes, I do. Are how old are they? Uh, Eleven, eight, and six. And now, are any of them athletic? Yeah, all of them are. They actually two the two oldest just did a splash and dash two weeks ago, a swim run. Um, they're all swimmers. All three of them are. They're all three gym uh, gymnasts, and they're all three soccer players. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, we let them pick the sports they want. But what we found is that. 
you know, they all idolize the oldest sister. And yeah. so whatever hope my oldest does, they want to do. And so, but we, my youngest was pretty cool last year as a kindergartner. She asked to get into wrestling. So she was a wrestler and cool. did very, very well as a wrestler. She's our t- She's like the kid that needs to be re- in wrestling. She's a little fighter. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so we, she was, yeah, there was, I think three uh, girls on the entire, in the entire group of maybe 150 kids. Um, and she did very well and she, she loved it. But I think that what she found is like, my sisters aren't doing this. I want to go back to doing what my sisters do. So we let them choose because my dad was a coach. I was a very uh, competitive athlete as a kid and I was burned out um, by the time I went to college. So I'm just taking a different approach with my kids where I'm letting them pick and choose and then allowing them to go as far as they want or not. And then your wife is also an athlete and she's doing her first 70.3. What's her sport though before triathlon? So she was a a dancer. She was a ballerina um, and a a good one, but she'd never been an athlete. And she was always kind of in her mind uh, that that was, she was a dancer. And so, but she's very, and she got me into cycling. So she was a long distance cycler, but that was just for fun. Like we do the 150 mile kind of MS 150 type races, very social. (laughs) Um, And then again, I I, I dialed it up once, uh, once I I got bit by that bug and decided to be a triathlete. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Completely. Awesome. (laughs) Rocky, it's so awesome to meet you. Is there anything you want to share with my listeners that they need to know about USA triathlon that we didn't really talk about outside of going to your website and checking out what it's all about. Yeah. And I, and I, and I offer this up, even though it, it, people think I'm crazy, but my, my email is rocky.harris at usatriathlon.org. If you have any questions about the sport, if we can help you get into it, um, if you, it, cause we, we're here to serve you. Uh, if you're people that want to get in our sport, we really believe that our jobs are important and it's to help people and communities get healthier and better and to help you reach your potential, uh, your human potential. So you can always reach out to me directly. Um, but when you look at our organization and where we want to go, we're, we're, we're really looking to, to take our sport and, and make it more of a mass appeal sport. Right now, there's obviously runners and swimmers and cyclists all over the country. Um, we really feel like our sport's the healthiest. It's the, the best sport if you want to compete from the time you're seven all the way till you're 97. Um, it's the healthy golf. So yeah. if you've ever thought about, like, I want to do something for the rest of my life, uh, this is the sport to join. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, you so much. much. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Marnie on the Move live from the UFOS Recovery Lounge at Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple 